Hello and welcome to Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week is Beer Me American Lager from Oddside Ales. It says it's a classic American lager done right by a craft brewery. Brewery, your new go-to beer for any occasion, four and a half percent. So they're uh, they're clearly making a target with this one. It's a, <laughs> um, it looks like the bush light cans during hunting season. It's got deer on it and stuff. I think they're saying here is a light American lager, and we don't want you to buy that uh, that uh, bush light stuff. So nothing against bush light. That's what they're saying, not me. Cheers. Let's give it a try. That's pretty good. That's a that is a very flavorful uh, lager. I could uh, I could see day drinking that. Um, yeah, that's good. I mean, I'd say it's a. I don't, how do you describe a, a, a lager? I mean, a stout is is coffee and creamery. A uh, an IPA is hoppy and piney. Um, a lager is just like it's just like a lager. I don't know, nutty maybe? Is it nutty? I'd say this actually has a little bit of hop to it. So this week is episode 64, and in honor of the 4 and 64, I wanted to talk about the understanding the old 4% rule. So if you're not familiar, the old 4% rule is that you can withdraw 4% of your portfolio each year throughout retirement, and that is a safe rate. You won't run out of money if you run run at that rate. So what that rate says, basically, if you have a million dollars in your investment and you withdraw 4%, which is $40,000, you, you won't run out of money by the time you retire. Now, a key point to understand about the 4% rule is, and uh, Dr. Wade Fowle, who I'm going to mention a few times, he's the kind of the most well-known expert in this particular field. Uh, he's written extensively about retirement withdrawal rates. As he points out, is that the 4% rate if for all intents and purposes of the safe rate and the original research that was done on it being the safe rate is locked in in the year in which you retire. So if you retired at the end of 2019 when the stock market is really high, uh, if your portfolio had grown from 800,000 to a million, all of a sudden your 4% went from, instead of it being, uh, instead of it being $34,000, it's now 40,000 simply because of one good year, right? So it's locked in in the year in which you retire. So that's a logical fallacy in of itself, right? Uh, the other aspect of that is the 4% rule, and this is the problem that I wanted to talk about. The 4% rule was created and, and the original studies done with it when interest rates are higher. So when interest rates are higher, you can get a, a guaranteed rate of return or a rate of return that is high in very safe investments. Interest rates are at record lows, so you can't really get those those kind of high interest uh, CDs and, and, and really high quality bonds that are paying a high interest anymore, right? So the 4% rate has changed. And, and so my argument throughout this is to one, explain you might be listening to this and say 4% seems like a low amount. I mean, I can, I'm making more than 4%. Why can I only withdraw 4%? So that's a great question. And I'm going to get to that. I'm also going to get to why 4% might be too high of a number um, this day and age. And, and so the, I'm going to get to those two things. So the first thing is why 4%? If you are expected in a balanced portfolio to make, let's just say 7%, which 
most financial advisors would say, and, and financial experts would say, six, five, six, seven, eight percent, somewhere in that range, is a reasonable assumed rate of return for stocks with some bonds mixed in. Okay, uh, and so if you can make let's just say 7%, let's say it's a more aggressive portfolio, it's 80% stocks, right? Let's just say that's your expected rate of return, 7%. Why can I only spend 4% if I'm only expected to make seven? Well, to, to explain that, I have to say that it, you have to factor in inflation, okay? So every single year in retirement, the cost of goods and services is gonna go up. Not every single year, but most years, right? And over the course of a retirement time period, 30, 35 years, Inflation is going to average two and a half percent, might average three, might average two, might average five, but two and a half is a reasonable assumption, right? Historically, that's it's historically pretty accurate, right? And I'm not going to say that inflation is going to be much higher. It certainly could be with the amount of money that our government's spending. It certainly could be a lot lower because technology has advanced the processes for building so many different goods that inflation could be lower. Certain things in retirement, though, that, that retirees tend to spend a lot of money on, like healthcare seem to have particularly high inflation rates. So it would not be unreasonable to assume that a 2.5% retirement uh, inflation rate is, is, is low for a retiree. However, we're just going to assume 2.5% for the purposes of this podcast and conversation. So let's say, for instance, that you have a million dollars and the 4% safe withdrawal rate creates $40,000 a year in income. And let's just say for example, that you can happen to find a super safe investment that's going to earn 4%. So you got a safe investment. Let's just say it's a CD and it earns 4%. And you're going to spend 4% because that's the safe withdrawal rate, right? Here's the problem. Year one, you're fine. You get your $40,000. Year two, you need $41,000 in order to buy the same goods and services. And year three, you need additional, right? You're going to need, what is it? $42,040, okay, and, and so on and so forth. So you can see how the inflation impact over time, by the time you're in your 20th year, you need $60,000 to buy $40,000 worth of goods and services because inflation is eating away at it. So simultaneously, when inflation is eating away at the purchasing power of the income that you're receiving via dividends and interest, inflation is eating away at the value, the true value, of your portfolio. So if I'm making 4% interest and I'm spending 4%, that means that means that my portfolio is remaining level in value, right? Because I'm pulling out 4% and I'm spending 4%. Again, you're going to need to spend four, more than 4% because you're going to need to bump up those withdrawals for inflation. But I digress. So if inflation is 2.5%, at the end of year one, if you spent all your 4%, if inflation is 2.5%, your million dollars is now not worth 975. In the following year, it's worth even less because after inflation, right? So by year by year 20, you're looking down to your portfolio as a real value is whittled down to $600,000. That's just assuming you're taking the interest earned, not nothing extra. If you're taking extra, which you're going to need to do in order to keep your purchasing power up, it's going to be worth even less. So even though, and I'm using the round numbers because it's much easier to explain and we're not writing things down here. I'm not doing a slideshow presentation. I'm talking to you about it. And it's much easier to talk when we're using these round numbers. So what I'm saying is that if you have 4% withdrawal rate and you have 4% interest that you're earning, 
your million dollars every year, because now it's not earning anything, right? Because you're spending everything it earns, is going to be worth less and less and less and less. Simultaneously, the 4% that you're getting, the 40000 is not going as far as it used to. So you're going to have to dip into your principal, right? You're, you're not just now spending the interest, you're spending down other things. So not only am I talking about a situation in which the 4% rule in a situation where inflation is 2.5%, you're looking at by about the time year 30 rolls around, you're out of money. And that's assuming that you can get 4% guaranteed rate of return. And that's assuming inflation is only 2.5%. Now, if inflation's higher, you have greater medical costs, or you can't get 4%, you run out of money. So what do you do when you run out of money? You're screwed, right? State ends up taking care of you. Beer break. So here's what I would say, is that I think that the 4% number is a rule of thumb that is broken, and that what we should be talking about is a 3% number, right? So I, I'm not an expert in the sense that I don't write you know, journals, and, and I'm not published, and I haven't won awards in this topic, but there is a guy that has. His name's Wade Fow. Uh, he has numerous articles about this. He's won several awards for his work. He is a uh, professor at the American College, and uh, he he is a well-respected um, doctorate in this field. So he's risen, he's revisited this rule uh, repeatedly, and this is what he was asked when he said, "Is the four percent rule you know still valid? Is it still prudent?" Uh, prudent, and he lists some things out. But then he says, "But the biggest driver for what I'm talking about right now in this low interest rate environment." Low bond yields mean low bond returns in the future. And that's not really any controversy about that. It's a very close mathematical relationship. What he's saying is, because bonds are typically what, what drives the safe portion of your portfolio, and because interest rates are very, very low right now, you can't expect to earn the amount of interest that you would need to in order to supply a 4% rate of return. Now, on the flip side, you could just buy more stocks. You can own more equities. But then you're taking another risk in that you're, you're going to be withdrawing assets from an asset pool that's going to be highly volatile. Let's not kid ourselves. Stocks in relation to bonds are highly, highly volatile. I Don't get me wrong. I believe in investing stocks. I believe in holding stocks to and through retirement. However, the percentage that you own should be going down as you get older, and you should rely more and more on, on your, your, your safe investments, your bonds, and your cash to provide you know, stability to your retirement income. He goes on to summarize the 3% is a much more realistic number in a low interest rate environment. So I, I think what I would like to add to this conversation, in addition to Wade Fowles' expertise, is that when you retire matters greatly, right? So if future returns are related to past returns, then that gives us a predictive value. Let me explain that another way. If the market has been really, really good to us, our expected future returns are lower. If the market has been poor to us, then our expected future returns are higher. So when you retire matters greatly, right? And so the risk of retirement, the market risk of retirement is in its greatest in the years just before, just after retirement. So what that means is that you should be buying more conservative investments closer to retirement. However, the interest rate on them is so low at this point, you're in a planning conundrum, which means we do need to look at lower, safer withdrawal rates. So I'm, I use and have been talking to clients about the 3% number. 
uh, doing research for this podcast and reading some of Wade Fowles' uh, research, I am even more convinced that we, we need to disband the 4% rule um, altogether. Uh, there's just too many critical components that could throw that into chaos. Uh, inflation being higher, bond low, yields remaining low, and poor, a series of poor stock returns, and all of a sudden you're out of money when, and you're 75 years old, right? So this, I, the last two episodes have been kind of more uh, older retirement-related topics. Podcast content hasn't changed. I think these are the things that you need to think about when you're younger and when you're older. These are the things your parents need to think about. Um, if you're a younger person, these are things that your grandparents hopefully did think about before they retired. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to tune in, subscribe, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.